Okay, now we're starting. <laughs> well, thank you for coming to Tuesday night Torah class. And as I was saying a minute ago, this really is probably the best portion in the whole Torah. So we're going to have fun with it. Now last week, like I always like to talk about kind of how things went, we had a rather rousing discussion about the Ten Commandments. So I was kind of surprised. I'm always surprised whenever we do this because I never know what to expect. And we got into some good discussions about the Ten Commandments. So now we're going to talk about them uh, again, but not maybe. Oh. It's a very good portion. So let me open with a word of prayer. Father God, thank you very much for uh, the group of people here tonight that came to uh, study your Torah, as opposed to what most of the rest of the world is doing tonight. Uh, we just ask that you bless us. Um, bless our discussion. Help us to get the insight from your word that is there. And I thank you so much for your Torah, and I thank you especially for this portion, because of the important things that it talks about and the things that we can learn from it. I ask that you just uh, uh, keep our ears open and our hearts open and help us to be careful with our words. In Yahushua's name, amen. Okay, so we're in Deuteronomy chapter 5, um, and we finish most of it. We read the Ten Commandments, and like I say, last week we got off, I, I felt like we got a little off in the weeds, but it was a good discussion. Everybody had things to say, and that's a good thing. Um, I don't think we did anything after we actually read the commandments. If that's the case, uh, you can correct me, but did we read from verse 22 to the end of chapter 5? Did anybody read that? Huh? I didn't think we did. I thought we'd, we discussed the Ten Commandments, and then we, we said, okay, it was about time to go home, and so we left. Okay, so um, would somebody like to read chapter 5 from verse 22 to the end? And that's right after Moses has reiterated the Ten Commandments again. Put things in perspective. Moses and all the, the children of Israel are on a, the, what they call the plains of Moab, which is just a little bit east of uh, Jericho. And they're looking out over the Dead Sea Valley, and they can see the Dead Sea, which is this interesting color of turquoise. And they can see Jericho over there. And Moses is basically, this is his uh, last monologue. This is his last uh, these are his last words to the children of Israel because God has told him he's not going to cross the Jordan and that he's going to die there. So he's trying to tell them how important this stuff is so, or what he has to say is. So anyway, someone read from verse 22 to the end of the chapter. Can I read? You may read. 22, 522. These words, Yahweh spake unto all your assembly in the mount, out of the midst of the fire, of the cloud, and of the thick darkness, with a great voice, and he added no more. And he wrote them in two tables of stone, and he delivered them unto me. And it came to pass, when you heard the voice of, out of the midst of the darkness, for the mountain did burn with fire, that you came near unto me, even all the heads of your tribes and your elders. And ye said, Behold, Yahweh our Elohim, hath showed us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice out of the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God hath doth talk with man, and he liveth. 25. 
Now, therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us. If we hear the voice of Yahweh our Elohim any more, then we shall die. For who is there of all flesh that hath heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of the fire as we have and lived? 27. Go thou, now, go thou near and hear all that Yahweh our God shall say and speak unto speak thou unto us all that Yahweh our Elohim shall speak unto thee and we will hear it and do it. That's okay. Go ahead. 528. And Yahweh heard the voice of your words when you spake unto me, and Yahweh said unto me, I have heard the voice of the words of the people which they have spake unto thee. They, shall, they have well said all they have spoken. Oh, that we were such a heart in them. Oh, that there were such a heart in them, that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, and that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Go say to them, get, you, get ye into your, house, your tents again. But as, but as for thee, stand thee here by me, and I will speak unto thee all the commandments and the statutes and the judgments, which thou shalt teach them, that they may do them in the land which I give them to possess it. You shall observe to do therefore as Yahweh your Elohim hath commanded you, you shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the ways which Yahweh your Elohim hath commanded you, that ye may live and that it may be well with you, and that ye may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. Okay. So, anybody want to paraphrase what went on here? He kept saying, in the midst of the fire. He said that about four times. Yeah. So, well, if you remember, that's, this is a, a, number one, this is Moses' recollection of what happened. We can go back to Exodus chapter 22, I think it is, and find out um, the, the, what was written in there. But it, basically, it's the same story. There's not much different. And what it amounted to is, uh, you remember, God had told the people to consecrate yourselves, and get clean, and come and stand at the foot of the mountain, and I'll meet with you. And he came down in fire on top of the mountain, and he spoke the ten words. And the people said it sounded like a trumpet, and the trumpet blast kept getting louder and louder, and they were just scared to death. And they hit the deck, and they were, and as it says here, you know, they said, uh, no man can see God and live, and yet we have done this. But then they said, this is, this is really too much for us, this is scary. You, Moses, since you're so good at this, you go see him, and you hear from him, and, and you come and tell us what he says, and whatever he says to do, we'll do it. That, that's what the paraphrase was. The thing that's really interesting, if you ask me here, is uh, verse 28-29, where it says, Yahweh heard when you spoke to me, and Yahweh said to me, quote, I have heard what this people said to you. Everything they said was good. Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep all my commands always, so it might go well with them and their children forever. That's a pretty emotional statement to come from God. It's not Moses, that's what God said, right? 
It doesn't say, well, at least the verse that I said, read, mm-hmm. it doesn't say they feared seeing him. It was hearing him. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, yeah, the, the fire was... It, the fire was probably pretty amazing, but the noise, they said, is what scared them. Right. I thought you said what they saw. Okay. I may have said that, but it was and the, the only bringing it up is because, you know, the next chapter, this is the Shema, is to hear. Mm-hmm. But it's also interesting here in 27, all that Yahweh our God shall speak unto you, unto thee, and we will hear it and do it. And do it. Here, I don't know, it says that in the Shema, to actually do it. We understand that, but... Yeah. It's not, these are, they're not off. It should be the same one. What There's is, the same one in mine. 527? Well, it's your Bible then. The You're not in chapter 6. We're, we backed up. We're in chapter 5. Okay. What does yours end at? Well, I'm on 33. Okay. That's not unusual. Um... I thought before we left the Ten Commandments, we would, I'd like to talk for a couple of minutes about them. Because the Ten Commandments, you know, it's really, as we talked about in Hebrew, it's the ten words, right? Now, we've seen that each of them was probably more than one word. The ten declarations is not a bad way to put it. But um, somehow or another, uh, they embody the... Um, the conduct that we're supposed to have, right? This is how we're supposed to live our life. And we talked last week about how the first five have to do with our relationship with God, and the second five have to do with our relationship with our fellow human beings. So I thought I'd go, for, uh, go to another place and look at this. Uh, beg your pardon? Verse 4. The first four. Well, I remember talking about the, the, fifth, the fifth commandment is honor your father and mother as Yahweh your God has commanded you so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And I made the argument weekly, W-E-A-K-L-Y, weekly that that could be interpreted either as dealing with our fellow man or dealing with God because the, the idea of how you treat your mother and father ought to mirror how the relationship you have with God. A weak, weak argument. But it's neither here nor there. It, it's not a big deal. Let me, let me go to where I was going to go. Matthew, uh, you probably all know this. Matthew chapter 22. Why don't we turn there? Just won't take but a couple of minutes. This is Yeshua. Um, Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 34. I'll read it. He says, um, Jesus had just uh, finished, Yeshua had just finished kind of putting the Sadducees in their place. And um, starting in verse 34, uh, it says, Hearing that Yeshua had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Yeshua replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. 
So this is Yeshua, if you ask me, saying those ten can be summarized in these two. So, beg your pardon? Well, there, he's quoting a lot of stuff, but uh, can you see how those two commandments summarize, you know, how the Ten Commandments boil down to those two? Okay. Tell me. How? Well, the, first half, the first half has to deal with your relationship to mm -hmm. your Heavenly Father, and the other one has to do with man, with your mm -hmm. relationship with your fellow man. Okay. So, uh, the, the conclusion would be, if you want to know how to love God, because that's what the first one is, love God with all your heart and mind and soul, then that's how you do it, the first five, give or take. And if you want to know how to love your neighbor, that's the second one, kind of. That's kind of what I got. Does but the that, kicker yes. is verse 40. Go on. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. So in other words, not just, that, that, that was part of the point I was going to make, is that you can't say that the, this passage from, in, verse, in chapter 5 of Deuteronomy from verse 6 to verse 22, is every, that's everything we need to know. It is everything we need to know if we have the proper understanding. But if you just sit there and read those words, I can almost guarantee you, you're not going to have the proper understanding. There's a whole lot of stuff that goes along with that and to support that. And what Yeshua said is even more so, because he boiled it down to two. And I, I suggest to you that we basically don't have much of a clue what those mean. Yeah. Well, it, it, we, one of those verses, it said the statutes, the commandments, the ordinances, the judgments, it's like those aren't in, those are just those verses. Yeah. You have to go hunting for those. Well, you do have to go hunting, but somehow or enough, somehow or another, they are included. Well, they all are under the, you know, that's a, a HTML H3 code as opposed to an H1 code, which would be the Ten Commandments. <laughs> okay, okay. So they're they're, they're uh, yeah, you're right. It's all explanation of what's in there. But I thought that was a, a good thing to know. Does the same thing. Okay. But, well, yeah, I understand that. But the, what Yeshua said is tied specifically to the commandments. Right? Because that was the question he was asked. Really? So what was the trick? I mean, what was, what was the Pharisees, or the, in this case the Sadducees, trying to trick him up, trip him up with? I don't know. Was it, was, it, was, it, was it a trick question? I mean, you know, what do we, what's the greatest thing? Do the Ten Commandments. Duh. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I don't know what they thought they were going to get from him. That's a good question. I'm not sure what it's, they I'm great. It's great that it's there because yeah. Christianity says, ah, that's all been, you know, yeah. we, we can do those if we want well, to. Well, what, what they have said to a large degree is, see, it's just these two. Now, you guys know what these two mean. That's, that's what they, you know what this means. But that's my point, is you don't know what this means. I didn't know. I can remember sitting there in church, you know, and thinking to myself, oh, I do. I love God with all my heart and all my soul. I'm sure I do. And I think he spent probably the next 40 years showing me that I didn't really understand that at all. <laughs> yeah, Brandon? 
I believe the trap was to try to get him to choose one because no matter which one he choose, they would have put up some kind of argument against it. That's a good point. Bullish. That's a good point. Well, before we leave the subject, I wanted to go one other place. This is a place that I kind of like, and since I get to do this, I'm choosing it. Um, Micah 6.8. Anybody know what Micah 6.8 says? There's a hint here for you. It's on the wall back there. Micah 6.8, this is God speaking through the prophet Micah, and he says... He says, he has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does Yahweh require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Okay, that's what it says right back there on that red sign. Right? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Now I ask you, do those words say the same thing? What does act justly mean? It's pretty much the Ten Commandments, right? It's certain to act justly means to treat people fairly, right? To always be honest and ethical, trustworthy, loyal, whatever, you know, all that good stuff. To act justly. What does love mercy mean? Show mercy. Well, that's like doing to others as you'd have them do unto you. Yeah, it's being, being forgiving and understanding. As opposed to uh, harsh and critical. Mm -hmm. And then to walk humbly with your God. Fear Yah. Yeah, fear Yah. Don't be arrogant. I don't know. Somehow or another, I, this is just me, and maybe I'm out in the weeds here, but I think all three of these, the Ten Commandments, the, the passage in Matthew, and this, they all should say the same thing. And they really do. But you have to, I don't think it's obvious. I think you have to kind of sit there and, and cogitate on it a while because it's not, I mean, the words, what this proves to me is that the fact that the stuff was originally written in either Hebrew or Greek has been translated to English, which didn't even exist at the time of the others, and that we sit here and talk about it and can kind of get some concept of what's going on is nothing short of miraculous. You know, because uh, when God said these, he knew what he meant. And to some degree, I think the Israelites did too. But um, I don't know. It's just kind of amazing to me that to, there's to, so much in those few words. To understand Micah, you have mm -hmm. to turn left. You have to go to the left side of the Bible to get the background. Okay. If you're reading left to right, in other words. Yeah. Right? You can't start at Micah. You can't start at John. Yep. Or start at Matthew. Yep. You yep. got to start. Start. Back I don't in the know, beginning. in the beginning, maybe. That yeah. might be a good place to start. That's fine. I agree with it. Anyway, I wanted to do that before we left the Ten Commandments, just so that... Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a whole lot of concepts that you read about in the New Testament, and you have been led to believe that, oh, wow, what a neat revelation. But they're all back there. They're all back there. Every one of them. Yeah. yeah we're going to run across one tonight. Yeah. I was just looking up um, the scripture in Strong's and to act justly is a little different than we thought. The, the Hebrew word is mishpat, which means uh, the root word is judge or judgment. Mm -hmm. yep. so, um, so which uh, is rulings and cases over 
actions of deciding a case. So um, sounds like a kingly kind of. Well, know. but what does act justly mean to you? To to just um, go by the word. Yeah, to have, it, it, have ju I mean, good judgment. That's why I say I think we have an innate understanding of what it means yeah. based on our study of of God's word. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's not easy to put it in English. Yeah. Yeah, so that's justly, and then I was looking up mercy, and mercy is um, kud, kud said, which is goodness, kindness, faithfulness. What Kesed, is it? Yeah. Kased, yeah, kased. Yeah. And, and then the AHLB, it's also, um, let's see. It's to bow. Okay. Bowing kindness, bow the neck. Which reminds me of that scripture, you know, the wheat bow down and the tares are yep. blown away. That's usually, that's often translated as loving kindness. Mm -hmm. yeah. And humbly is sana, to be humble, to be modest, and be lowly, mm -hmm. to show humility, mm -hmm. to low, to be low. Yep. Well, that's good. Yep. Okay. Thanks you for letting me do that. We can move on if you'd like. There's, it gets better. I'm sorry, Lisa. Excuse me. I didn't see your hand. You were so close, you know. Well, because it, it, it kind of explains it. I mean, because it, it is going through the commandments here in, in chapter 19, 18 and 19. It says, you shall, you shall not commit a perversion of justice. You shall not favor the poor, and you shall not honor the great. Because we were talking about judgment, you know. Mm -hmm. The righteous shall you, in, with righteousness, shall you judge your fellow. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the thing is that we don't know what righteousness is if we do it without his word, without what he says to us. Yep. Because and I think he's one of just the, and righteous. Yeah. One of the things that's good about the Torah is that there, it says that, but then it's got a bunch of examples of it, Right? All kinds of examples of it and all kinds of explanations of it, all kinds of situations that have been dreamed up that shows what it is. Right. You know, it's, it's really all over the place. Oh, and here it is too. You shall not take revenge and you shall not bear grudge against the members of your people. You shall love your fellow as yourself. Mm -hmm. I am Yehovah. Yep. You know, that's, in, that's again in, in Leviticus, Leviticus 19. Yep. Yep. I mean, he tells us. Leviticus got such a bad rap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, Brandon. Uh, just a second. Let's see if we can get you a microphone. I was like, where's John? <laughs> um, one time somebody told a lie. And I said, you shouldn't lie. As somebody that's supposed to be a follower and stuff. Oh, it's just a little lie. <laughs> and <clears throat> what came to me when I heard that was that's how all the other sins exist. Oh, yeah. Because a thief ain't going to steal and not lie to himself to justify it and lie to others to hide it. Mm -hmm. Yep. I just thought I'd add that while we're talking about the commandments. That's good. So the, it's very important to be honest. Well, that stops yep. us from doing a lot of things. Like we'll... Uh, that also ties into the truth here, which we'll talk about in a bit. Where's the fan switch? Is it hot Extendo in here? No, I want the fan off. 
You want the fan off. It's over here. It's on auto. I don't know what you mean. Oh, that thing. Oh, the fan switch. You mean the stick? Yeah. It's The last time I saw it was over there beside the China cabinet. Anyway, but we digress. Let's move on to chapter 6. Um, chapter 6 has got tons of fun stuff in it we're going to talk about. Um, let's break it up into littler pieces. Would somebody like to read the first nine verses of chapter 6? Deuteronomy chapter 6, first nine verses. Lisa would like to read that. This is the commandment and the decrees and the ordinances that Yahweh Elohecha commanded to teach you to perform in the land to which you were crossing to possess it, so that you will fear Yahweh Elohecha to observe his decrees and commandments that I command you, you, your child, and your grandchild, all the days of your life, so that your days will be lengthened. You shall hearken, O Israel, and beware to perform, so that it will be good for you, so that you will increase very much. As Yahweh um, Elohe of your... Um, Elohe of your forefathers spoke to you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hero is Israel. Yahavah is our Eloheinu Yahavah Echad. Yahavah is our God. Yahavah is one. And you shall love, this is via Hafta, and you shall love Yahavah Elohecha with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your resources. And these matters I command you today shall be upon your heart. You shall teach them thoroughly to your children. You shall speak of them while you sit in your home, while you walk on the way, when you retire and when you arise. Bind them as a sign upon your arm and let them be ornaments between your eyes and write them on the doorposts of your house and upon your gates. Okay. You said through one, nine, right? You said through nine, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about that. That's obviously a big deal. We should talk about that. We say that every Shabbat, right? Let's talk about the first part first. Um, it says, uh, these are the commands, decrees, laws that Yahweh your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess so that you and your children and their children after them may fear Yahweh as long as you live by keeping all his decrees, commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. It says, be careful to obey, so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in the land, flowing with milk and honey, just as Yahweh your God of your fathers promised you. So he's basically reiterating, um, well, yeah, how you, how you stay in the land, and, and the importance of, of uh, obeying his commands. Go ahead. Sure. You know, all my friends are, you know, most of my friends are Jewish. So um, they say, they'll say, well, God gave us the land. Well, he didn't give us, 
he said he said he apportioned us the land, but he said you get to stay there when you obey me. Mm-hmm. He well, didn't say. As a matter of fact, we're going to read right in this chapter where he says, "If you don't, I'm going to do to you what, what you're I doing did to these to other, the other guys. nations." Yeah. And so I don't know why so many, you know, Jews think that we get to stay there no matter what. No. No. Well. N- what I mean, he says they is have he a says, point, but you know, at what the he same says time. Is, if you will, after he has dispersed you throughout the world, if you'll uh, repent, he's you'll gonna, turn from your ways, yeah. then I'll restore you. But he has no, he's not under compulsion to do it now. No. <laughs> what do you? Well, what do you have in your second verse? Second verse? Uh-huh. It's so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear Yahweh your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy a long life. That's my verse too. Okay. Statutes. Statutes, yeah. It's got the... Uh, and mitzvot. What is mitzvot? Yeah. Mitzvot are commandments. That's the Hebrew word for commandment. And then what are statutes? Well, each one of those words from a little different Hebrew word, and I can't, I used to know what all those were, but they're, I get the impression that they're um, commandments and statutes and decrees are all the same type of thing, and I think they vary in uh, scope, you know? Uh, some of the, the decrees or the uh, judgments or whatever, that's not the right word, the decrees, that, some of the smaller ones, the lesser ones, are more refined than the larger commandments. That's my understanding, but that's a little vague. Well, that's not what the, it's not statue, it's statute. It's a, it's, it's a, a legal word that means, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We can, you can look that up if you wanted to. You could go through and look at each of those Hebrew words and you would find that they mean a little bit different things. But I, I believe it's got to do with the, you know, like I say, the scope of what they're talking about. It's like today's legal They've got, uh, yeah, it's detailed. Some of them are more detailed than others. Hold on. Uh, for me, it's almost the same in the seven and the two. He say, you shall teach them diligent to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house when you walk by the way, when you lay down, and when you rise up. All these things nobody did, you know? What do you mean? Uh, because he say here, we need to teach all children the words. Yes. Every moment. They need to grow up with that and, and put it on their hearts. Yeah. But we can do it. My parents don't teach me because they are no Jewish. You know, they don't know anything. Well, it doesn't have but, to be Jewish. Yeah, but my mom started teaching me with the Bible when I'm around night. Well, that's good. 
And I start teach my children, but I'm not diligent in the way they say here in the seven, because the seven and the two is almost the same. Well, okay. It's bottom line, what he's saying, I think, is that this doesn't come naturally. No. You can't run around thinking, oh, yeah, 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 I got that, I know it. And you, you have to study it, and you have to teach it to your kids, because if you don't teach it to your kids, they won't get it. So I think that's what he's saying, you know, is uh, this is not a natural thing for you. You're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to study it. You're going to have to learn it. And you're going to have to teach it to your kids so that they can learn it, that they can pass it down. So yeah, that's got to be what he's saying. Did you have something, Jan? Yeah, the, the difference between a commandment and a statute is a, is a command or a custom. So the statutes are customs. So they're, they're man-made customs. They're not Yahweh-made, well, it sounds I'm, like. I'm not sure I'm going to buy that. Well, it says custom. I'm just reading what it says here. So. Well, they're not man-made. Okay, so a custom, I'll read it to you. Um, a custom in Hebrew is uh, coke, and it's, um, or I'm sorry, the statute is uh, ordinance, a limit, something prescribed, due, prescribed task, a portion, action prescribed, resolved. Um, and so when you look at it in the ancient Hebrew letter Bible, it is the, um, it's inscribed, it's a pictograph of the wall, which is the, the hecht, and uh, also the kof, the kuf, at the, the picture of the sun at the horizon, representing the idea of something coming together so when you combine them, it's separation and coming together. A custom brings a people separated together. So, um, Well, I, I object to the idea of a custom in that it's man-made. Okay, well, you, you may be right there, but it's, it's a custom. So typically, in my mind, okay, customs so are, are custom. No, this is, this is Hebrew. This is what it's in. It's based on the That's okay. Strong's. That's okay. There's, there, there are other ways of doing that that come up with, yeah. that's okay. Um, I wanted to get back to the main thing we're talking about here, and that is that um, God is basically telling them that it's essential for their well-being to learn these and to teach them to their kids, right? Now then, did, uh, did we read, we, we read four through nine, we read, starting four, of course, is the famous Shema, right? We all know that. Why um, that one? Beg your pardon? Why that one? Why that one? It isn't the first time it said, listen to God. No. Um, why is that famous? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Why, why is that the Shema as opposed to? Well, one of the things, there's, okay, a lot, of, a lot of thoughts here. One of the things, that's a difficult one to translate, okay, because it could say, uh, uh, Yahweh, our God, Yahweh is one, or it could say, Yahweh, our God, uh, Let's see, how did I have that? Is one God, or I could say Yahweh, our God, alone. Then all three of those are a little bit different, but they all mean, this, they all are true. And, and what it is, from what I've been told, and I agree with it, it's, it's, the, it's the preeminence, the um, monotheistic creed. In the time that this was written, there were a pantheon of gods, and everybody 
Everybody had one or two or a whole handful they believed in. This is the one that says there's only one real one. There's only one God, and it's Yahweh. So that's what's unusual about it. That's why it's important, among other things. Go ahead, Brandon. I think it's important because it gets down to the core matter. It's all about the next generation. Good point. Because the world isn't going to get any better if the next generation isn't going to do well. It, so the, the small gets into detail and says to diligently, which means very carefully, teach yep. your children. Yep. And then it doesn't say just have a Bible study. It says all through the day, from yep. the time you rise up. And that's because the, I believe that's because there's going to be many examples all through the day, whether it's through their behavior, the neighbor's kid behavior, or something. There's always examples all through the day where you can bring up what Yahuwah says. That's good. I agree with that. So the small is core. Mm-hmm. For these reasons. Okay. So you it, believe it gets, it's, it's got more to do with the teaching our children. It's more detailed. It's, yep, it's that's getting fine. into the details of it that's and fine. into the core of the matter. The well, core of the matter is the next generation. Yep. Because, if, you know, you guys were talking about you got to learn so you can teach them. Well, that's that's a given. Mm -hmm. You can't teach something you don't know. Mm -hmm. But the reason why they need to be taught so carefully is so that we can create a better world in the future. Mm -hmm. We can look at what's going on now that people take the prayer out of schools and mm -hmm. try to get people not to even look at anything. Mm -hmm. Well, I, yeah, not only doing, that, I was going to say. kids doing stuff they never did in history. Yeah, well, I was going to say one of the things that's encapsulated in what you're saying is that God knows. I mean, you know, because God lives infinitely, he knows what's going to happen in these generations. And he knows that each generation that doesn't do this or doesn't do it diligently, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to get weaker and weaker and weaker, and then we're going to have the disasters that we've had over and over again in history. They befell Israel. They, they're, they're getting ready to, we're getting ready to suffer them because the same thing, because we didn't teach the kids diligently. Couldn't agree with you more. Well, and our parents really didn't teach us. You know, well, that's I mean, the point. frankly, yeah, that's the whole point. And and um, you know, the the thing is here that there is a point that Judah sees it differently than than we do as believers in Yeshua, because they they know that Echad doesn't really mean that doesn't really mean singular. They you know they do, but they they use it to say that that then Yeshua can't be Mashiach because he you know or he can't be God. I'm just saying that that's what they that's what they say. You know, I can I understand all of that, and I think it's uh, obfuscation. What's obfuscation? It's, it's you know smokescreen. It's just something to argue about. Yeah, well, not, I'm, I'm not saying not it to point. argue. I'm not saying I agree with you that it isn't the point. I agree with you because because it says too, and in that day he will be one, and his name will be one. I find that an interesting you know an interesting phrase that we use a lot in prayers, you know, in the synagogue, because because what does that mean? I mean, you know, it's an interesting thing. Well, that's, it's, it's why do they call it the Judeo-Christian ethic? You know, 
Uh, Jews don't really say that word, but well, it, it's Christians. Okay, say I'll that. say that word. Do you know why it's called the Judeo-Christian yeah, because, ethic? Yeah, because it's all based on because this. Because it's all based on Torah. Yeah. It's all based so, on the fact that there so is I don't, one God. I, I really object to getting uh, out in the weeds about... No, I wasn't trying to get out in the weeds. I was just saying that there's, there's a, a sort of a different interpretation. You know, but, there's you know, always a different interpretation. There's always a different interpretation if, if we, where people are If concerned. we as believers would spend half as much time talking about what we agree on as we talk about what we disagree on, we'd all be a well, whole lot better Well, maybe it only off. bothers me because I was born with mixed parents. Okay. You know, so maybe that's why it bothers me because, <laughs> because you know, I came out of Judah and, you know, I just... Um, okay. You know, that that's the only reason that I brought it up. But, you know, but I I think that you're right, that it can mean he's one God. He's the only God. He's the only God there is. That's what it says. It, it does say that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Since I asked the question, can yes. I give an answer? Oh, I figured you'd have an answer. Well, I was kind of conjuring one up as I was going along. Um. So I don't, I don't really buy this monotheistic argument. I think that's for pointy-headed theologians. Okay. The question is, isn't that there are other gods? We can always make gods. It's who you listen to. Who do you hear? Who do you, whose contract do you bind, do you honor at all times? That's the, that's the point to me. Okay. And <clears throat> um, there's also... Two enlarged letters in this verse. Okay. The, uh, you have Shema, which is Shin Mem Ein. The Ein is enlarged in the Torah, in the Torah scrolls, and then in the Chad, the Dalit at the end. When you put those together, they mean it's a witness. Okay. Oat. Oat. Yeah. Oat. Not oat. Oh. Ed. Ed. I'm sorry. Yeah. Witness. So that's okay. kind of interesting. That is interesting. So these, uh, it says these, the Vahafta, as you say, these commands I give you today to be upon your hearts and press them on your children. Um, and that's a big deal, as you point out. That's a very big deal because since we only live a generation, if this is supposed to last, then it's got to be passed on. And it's got to be passed on um, accurately. Um, that's right. That's right. Um, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Yep. So, to me, that ties back to honor your, your, your mother and your father because they're the ones who are going to teach you the Torah, or they should. Yeah. And if you're not humble and listening to them, then you're going to stop doing the Torah and Yahweh is going to dispossess you from the land. Yep. So, it's, it's connected. If you yep. don't, the next generation isn't going to receive the message. Eventually, they will lose their her their inheritance. Yep. And I, the thing that's sad about that is it happens over and over and over again. Right. Well, what is the saying? Who's the the famous guy? Who, those who don't read history are bound to repeat it. It's similar yep. here. I mean. Yep. Yep. I agree with that. So the the customs associated with the uh, well, first of all. Um, Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. What does that symbolically mean? Do, the ones on your hands is do. And, I walk. And how you walk remember, about. Yeah, how you Oh, 
not your feet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Meditate on them, as in Psalms 1, and then do them, right? Okay. Um, yeah. And that's the... Isn't that in Revelations as well? Uh, remind me. I was hoping you'd bail me out there. <laughs> throw it out there. Oh, look. Okay. Um, so that's the tefillin, you know, where they, the Orthodox Jews will wrap tefillin around their arm and then the, the thing on their head. Um, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. What's that? I mean, first of all, why would you do that? Why would you write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates? John. You are putting on notice, you are literally posting on the post the law. What law form? There you go. Yeah. You walk in that door, oh, you've been given full disclosure yep. what law form this building operates, this room operates in. Yeah, that's good. It's like, well, they actually, I've seen the signs out there in the middle of the nowhere it says posted. I always wondered what that meant. Posted. Right. And, yeah. and that's the, that's the, what is the Hebrew word? The mezuzah is the post. It means yeah. post. Yeah. It's because that's what your house should be established as. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Period. Mm -hmm. If your house isn't established, then how are you? Great. Well, I thought this stuff is pretty cool stuff, really. So, somebody want to read from chapter 10? Sure. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Just like the Sabbath, it says not to let anyone break it within your gates. There you go. Okay. Be established in the home. It defines the jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Verse 10. Yes. Chapter 6, reading from verse 10. Uh, might as well read to the end of chapter 6. That's the trouble with some of us that didn't know Torah really well, you know, when we yeah. were raising our kids. You well, know, we do the best we can for what we know at the time. Well, well, I, I mean, know. I'm not going to make excuses for it. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that, you know, I, I mixed a lot of things. Well, we you know? it, it's not like we always know everything we need to know. No, as, no. You know, in, in, my, in our younger life. But I tell you... The thing that I I've come to really feel bad about and the thing that I object most to is that we feel like if somebody tells us something and we can kind of repeat it, then we're done. Yeah. And boy, this is not that way, you know. The whole purpose no. of this is for you to figure it out. It's not right. for somebody else to figure it out and tell you. Certainly not me. We oh. got to figure it out together. Well, one time when I was feeling all guilty, God told me, well, that's because you're learning. I mean, you know, you're learning as you go. You can't just know everything. Yeah. I've often thought that know. raising kids is backwards, you know. You should raise kids when they're young and you're old. Yeah, with your grandparents. <laughs> I agree. Isn't that the, your children's children? Isn't that what the, 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 uh, the grandfather does? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Who's reading? Uh, it's Brandon? Okay. In a well-established community, it's not just the parents teaching the children, but also the grandparents. That's true. And that's, that's where you got to come together as a family to yep. have enough wisdom and understanding yep. and knowledge so the kids are well-fed. Yep, that's a good point. That's the way 
the family unit is supposed to work. You have a tag team, different generations. Yeah. Does somebody want to read from verse 10? Chapter 6, verse 10. Through the end of the chapter, if you'd like. And it shall be when the when Yahuwah your God shall have brought thee into the land which you have sworn unto their fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you the great and goodly cities which thou had buildest not, and houses full of good things which thou hast fillest not, and wells digged which thou hast diggest not, and vineyards and olives trees which thou hast not planted, which thou has has sorry, <laughs> thou has um, eaten and been full. Then beware, lest thou forget thy Lord Yahuwah, which has brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear Yahuwah thy God and serve him, and shalt swear by his name. You shall not go after any other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you, for Yahuwah thy God is a jealous God among you, least the, least the anger of Yahuwah, thy kindness be kindled against thee, and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. You shall not tempt Yahuwah your God, as ye has tempted him in Masa. You shall diligently keep the commandments of Yahuwah your God, and his testimonies, and his statutes, which he has commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of Yahuwah, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may go into and possess the good land which Yahuwah swore unto thy fathers, to cast out all thy enemies from before thee, as uh, the Lord Yahuwah hath spoken. Okay. You want to you read the rest of it? You can. Did I not get down there? Well, oh. you, you read through 19. Why don't you read the rest of the chapter? Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm that, a, no, on okay. a computer. I didn't see it. I thought we were done. Um, and when thy son Athis asketh thee in the time to come, say, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord uh, your Yahuwah God had commanded you? Then thou shalt say unto the son, Where we... Were we Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord Yahuwah brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and the Lord Yahuwah shown signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt, with upon Pharaoh and upon all his household before our eyes, and he brought us out of there hence, that he might bring us into and give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. And the Lord Yahuwah commanded us to do these statutes, to fear the Lord our Yahuwah, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do these commandments before Yahuwah, our God, as he has commanded us. Okay, thank you. I found my verse in Revelations. Okay, what was it? I think this is at 13.16. And he causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Oh. That, hmm. That's an interesting catch. Okay. Authority. 
just wanted to point this out because I was watching a YouTube video earlier and the guy was claiming, um, like a lot of Christians do, outright that Jesus or Yahushua is our righteousness now. We are righteous because of him. And again, it says in 25, and it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments. Mm -hmm. So there is a distinction there. Yep. It's not just claiming him, it's also doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think, yeah. I don't know whether this is true or not, but I prefer to think of him as uh, our advocate. I mean, he is our righteousness in that he paid the price, but he is our advocate as well. Uh, still, we're to do them. I mean, to me, doing the commandments is an indication that you love God. Because it's pretty hard to say that you love him with all your heart and mind and soul and strength if you don't try to do the commandments. Because, I mean, your actions belie your words. If you love me, don't keep my commandments or keep my commandments? Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's go back and look at the passage here. That's good. Um, verse 10, he right away starts talking about when he brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers. Now, we're going to talk in a few minutes uh, to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the land large. And he's, he's basically telling them, you know, he's, going to, he's reminding them, and he's going to remind them again in a few paragraphs in spades here. He says, you know, I'm not doing this because of you. I'm doing this because I made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's why I'm doing this. And not only that's why I'm doing this, but you guys are getting a great deal, Right? You're going into this land that's large, flourishing with cities that you didn't build and houses filled with all kinds of things that you didn't provide and wells you didn't dig and vineyards and olive groves you didn't plant, right? I mean, I'm giving you this tremendous gift. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget Yahweh who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. And you know, yeah, and that's just so... I mean, to me, the parallel between us now and that is just obvious, you know? This is, uh, life was great around here <laughs> when we were, still had one-room schoolhouses and they were teaching out of the Bible, you know? Anyway. So he goes on in verse 13 and he says, Fear Yahweh your God, and serve him only, and take your oaths in his name. Do not follow other gods, the gods of the peoples around you. For Yahweh your God, who is among you, is a jealous God, and his anger will burn against you, and he will destroy you from the face of the land. Yeah. So, there is other, in a sense, that he's acknowledging there are other gods. Yeah. The question isn't, you know, this monotheistic. Well, Islam is monotheistic. Yeah. But are, are we to hear, are we to listen to that God? Because, well, it's monotheistic, so it must be okay. No, 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 that's okay. Of course not. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm you're, I know you're being hypothetical, but the, I guess you're right. Monotheistic is a pinheaded academic word. Well, because they could all argue about, they could not believe it. You could go and get a, a degree in theology and not care about any of this stuff. You just want to learn how to teach people that, that the religion that they follow is foolishness because they're, they're experts, they're theologians. We all have yeah. to listen to what they have, the experts have to say. Here, here. So, you know, oh, well, we should treat, you know, they could argue we should treat 
the is the, those who follow Islam is is the same as the Judeo Christian ones. But the problem is they're not the same gods. No, that's the problem. And, and, not, yeah, maybe uh, maybe the way I should think of that or rephrase that at least is that the uh, the Shema is stating the ultimate supremacy and superiority of our God. Because I'm a jealous God. If you if you if you honor other gods, you're, you are uh, degrading my, th that which should be all my glory. My glory is mine. Yeah. So don't, I'm not okay with you spreading that around to other gods. Yeah. Well, he's, you know, I've determined he's not okay with us spreading that around to anything. Not only other gods, but even us. God's glory is God's glory, and he's going to keep it. Yeah. So if we say, thank God for somebody else helping me out that has nothing to do with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that's kind of like, why don't you think just God, period? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? What about God's glory? What, are you talking about the supremacy and superiority of God? I don't remember what I said exactly. So I'm not much good, am I? I want to know what is the purpose, uh, the purpose to study the Torah, to study the commandments, to study the status. Uh, we don't follow. Well, we don't follow like, like, mean, you know, like as, the as Jewish you, people did. As, as you were composing your question, the answer popped into my head. Obviously, it's to do it. You study it to do it. If you see my life 15 years before, you see the difference in my life. Okay. Because I, I try every day, you know, to change. I start for my way to dressing. It's so different than I was dressing before. I use pan, I use short, I use mini skira, ten tops, everything. You know, I growing up in a while. While grow with a boys is is my parents don't have a love for me the way they dressing, but you know when I start read the Bible, something is changing in my in my heart, mm -hmm. and I start changing. Mm -hmm. I stop using pants because pants is like a, now you know the 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 girls they wear uh, tights, mm -hmm. they show everything. It's mm -hmm. a skin and another skin. Mm -hmm. And they, someone, they don't, they, they don't use underwear. I remember I used that when I got the same thing they using under my dress. Mm -hmm. And I say, oh, my Lord, where is the way we go now with the fashion people mm -hmm. using now is, is, is horrible. Mm -hmm. And I saw people have a many years study Bible, and they still like people outside dressing the same. Well, they have years to study it, but they don't. You know, uh, and I say, what is the difference? Where the people are studying too much? Nothing is coming here. Is nothing coming here? Well, like I say, to me, the reason you study it is to do it, and it changes your heart. You just said it, and I can testify to it too. Studying this word to do it changes your heart. You know, it show the children's too. Is is my daughters and my son. I show them when I'm a child. They have a feel. You know, some, uh, I remember one time in a son church, I use uh, uh, blouses without lips. Mm -hmm. 
and I showed my shoulders. And the pastor came into my house to pray for something and told me, cover your shoulder. Mm -hmm. You can believe I feel something is running to my head, to my feet, and I feel so embarrassing. I feel I'm new. Mm -hmm. I, I'm without clothing. And I run and I take something and I cover myself. Since that, it is five years ago, I never show my shoulder because I feel mm -hmm. the word is mm -hmm. not the pastor. You mm -hmm. know, I feel the word when I do something. In my house, in my home, I can wear anything short. I they say I'm here, I'm the same in my home because I feel God is watching me and I feel, uh, you know, a little mm -hmm. afraid to do that. But well, I, if you, and it sounds like you're doing that out of a sense of respect, out of a desire to do that which is pleasing, that which is righteous for him, to him, that's fine. That's the way it's supposed to be. And I, again, as you were talking, I was thinking, as far as your kids are concerned, as far as any of this is concerned, people can see a lot more of God in what you do than what you say. So really what we have to do is we have to live it out. We have to do it. Because if you just teach it and don't do it, it's not going to do any good. That's another thing I'm chasing my way. Very careful what I say. Sometimes I mess it up, you know, I say something. We are multicultural here, and some words for me are no good, are no bad, for another people are. Yeah. And all the time I'm being trouble with uh, many uh, people, you know, <laughs> and uh, say, oh my Lord. I try to adapt to them, understanding them, understanding their feelings and everything. But people don't, they stop, stop, and they don't care. They never ask him, forgive me. Yeah, but that's I'm not an sorry. excuse for you. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. I know that. So but you still have to, you still have to do the word. I, I am, I'm being honest. It, when something I don't like it, I just tell the people, this is my way to think, this is my way I am, and this is the, that if you don't like me, it's okay. <laughs> but I keep away the people because I want to grow up. Okay. But, well, I mean, I don't think we can always judge everybody around us by what we do. I mean, you know, I agree that we should be modest and all that. But, I mean, you know... Um, some of us grew up differently, you know, like grew up differently where <laughs> my grandmother worked at Dan's Boots and Saddles and we always wore Levi's, you know, but we didn't always wear Levi's. We wear dresses too, you know, so it's like, but we didn't think we were boys, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, so I just mean, I don't think we can always judge every, I mean, yes, there's modesty and then there's immodesty. Yeah. And we can, you know, we, we know what immodesty well, you know, that, is. You that's know, that's what, that's what the Holy Spirit does for you. Yeah, exactly. And guide. that's what I mean, but, where the Spirit the other of the thing Lord is, is there's liberty. The other, yeah, the, I was going to say, the other thing is, is you need to make sure that you're, you're not judging people, uh, well, you kind of said it, based on your own experiences, because, heck, you could have been them. Yeah. Bobby's got something. Not, well. Oh, I'm sorry, Randon. Go for it. Um, the monotheist thing, the first commandment, thou shalt not have any other gods before me, mm -hmm. no other yas. So I'm a monotheist. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a pinhead, I'm a pinhead. But I'm okay. a monotheist. 
as no, far no. as Islam being a, <laughs> I don't think you're Islam, a pinhead. That's fine. As far as Islam being monotheist, well, they don't follow Torah, so they don't count to me. Well, not only do they not follow Torah, so, they got the wrong God. Exactly. Yeah. So, and as far as there being many gods, well, mine says they don't see nor hear nor walk. Yeah, that's right. They're not gods. He says, no, they're not. They're, they're fantasies. Yeah. And people follow these fantasies. They're yeah. fables. They're fantasies. They're not real. Yep. They have no power. Yep. There's only one. Yep. And that's what that's what the Shema says. And that's what I believe. Yeah. So, You're right. I agree with you, hundred percent. So I got to stand for that. Okay. I'm Good a monotheist. A real monotheist. A not real a Muslim. One. I'm a monotheist. Okay. Well, I always the way I differentiate is I I I believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yes. Okay, going back to why we study this um, as far as to doing it, mm -hmm. for doing it, um, showing us not only how to do it, but what the consequences could be of that, how to avoid those consequences, um, getting closer to Yah. Going back to the modesty issue, not just in the Torah, but pretty much throughout you don't want to cause a brother to stumble. Yep. And to dress seductively or sensuously by showing, showing like bare shoulders or midriffs or a lot of leg, that's going to cause brothers to stumble. Yep. And um, granted, they're not supposed to be looking. They're supposed to be running from it and turning. Yeah. But at the same point, you have to show or understand your role in it, your um, guilt in it, too, yeah. if you do dress yeah. like that. you got to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's good. Let's see, was there something else in there we could talk about? Verse 20. In the future, if your son asks, when your son asks, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, laws that Yahweh has commanded you? You tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but Yahweh brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, Yahweh sent miraculous signs and wonders, great and terrible, upon Egypt and Pharaoh and the whole household, his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land that he promised on an oath to our forefathers. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees, to fear the Lord our God, so that we might always prosper and be kept alive, as is the case today. Um, that's very specific to, I mean, we, that's our promise too. There's no doubt about that. But um, it, uh, see, how can I put it? it, it it's basically by keeping God's commands, you show who you love. You show who you worship, and God responds appropriately and blesses you. Now, you don't do it because you want to be blessed, although I might argue that that's not the worst of reasons, but you do it because you love him. And if you love him, you will want to do it. That's one of the things I was, I was going to say is, it's not so much how good you are at keeping the commandments as it is how serious you are about wanting to. And if you want to really, I mean, you're not just, you're not just giving it lip service. Like, like I say, I reflect back to that time many years ago when 
I was sitting there thinking, well, I love God with all my heart and soul and mind and strength. I can't imagine how I could do any more, you know, and realizing now that that was just naive, realizing that I had no idea what I was thinking. I was lying to myself, you know. Well, if whenever you say to yourself, I really want to keep God's commands, if you're not serious about it, He knows. You may not even know, but He knows, and He respects the sincerity and your desire to want to do that, and he blesses that. If you don't hit it on the mark, that's okay. The whole idea of Torah is it's a target. You know, it, it describes the bullseye. You don't have to hit the bullseye, but man, you better be aiming toward it, and you shouldn't be lying to yourself and saying, well, you know, sure, I'll, you know, I'll put on a good front on Shabbats or whatever. You gotta, you gotta be serious about this. I don't know, I think that's a lot of what's being said here. Is that kind of stuff there? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Actually, I find that studying this stuff really does change you. I mean, you know this. As you study it, it does. It changes you. And it makes you feel more confident that you're equipped to make it through the stuff that life throws at you. Not that you always perform valiantly. But at least, you know, at least you can rely on the I'll never leave you nor forsake you thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And we need somebody for us. <laughs> Let's see. Do you want to go on to, John, do you have something? Did you read the last verse? 25? And we are, if we are careful to obey all this law before Yahweh our God, as He has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. Fine. Yeah. Anything well, else? so we, we can claim we have righteousness. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm just saying it's possible. It's we can, if we're doing the commandments, we're acting in righteousness. Yeah. But even, I mean, you know, I think it's probably fair to say, look, uh, if you can say to Him, I'm doing the best I can, and know, it, know that it's true in your own heart, then yeah, that's, that's good. That's right. It's okay, Randy. We'll get to you in a minute here. Go ahead, Janet. But even Abraham was counted righteous before. Why? Because of belief. Yeah. Because well, of faith and belief in Yahuwah. Yes, it was because he believed what God said he would do. Right. That, that's so, so we're not made righteous by following the commandments. It's by faith and belief in Yahuwah is how we're really made righteous. Mm-hmm. And following the commandments is, is, is what we do because of faith and belief in Yahuwah. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Did you have something you wanted to say? Or you wanna, are, you, are you having second thoughts? <laughs> Okay, I don't know too many people that would go sacrifice their son. That's Abraham had works with his faith. Mm-hmm. He didn't just believe. Yeah, he was willing to even sacrifice his son. That's a good point. Noah's Noah believed. Yeah, Noah built an ark where there was no water, no rain. Where yep. people must have thought he was crazy, and yep. it took him a long time to build it. Yep. I'm sure he was getting very ridiculed. Yep, and he had no evidence. That it, 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 it was going to rain. Into, yes, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, I tell you what I mean, you're doing is you're quoting Hebrews chapter 11. I just know scripture. Yeah, but the point is, is that's what it says. That's outside of scripture, and and 
sounds kind of Christian, to be honest, because um, this is what I hear Christians say. Oh, as long as you try. Well. It says to obey. <laughs> it says hear and obey. Yeah. It doesn't say hear and try. No, but. I'm sorry. Okay. No, I no, no, no. That's fine. I tell you what, I'm going to definitely agree if that we're both right. If I could see some of this in Scripture, I'd be happy because I'm not seeing none of what I'm hearing. Well, not none of it. Uh, there's uh, Quite a few things I'm hearing well, that what I do never you, see in Scripture. Well, I know, though, that you must fail sometimes. I didn't say I didn't. Okay. But I'm not Abraham yet. I'm trying to be. I'm not okay. Noah yet. So I I'm guess trying I, to be. I, I, but I'm I don't not going to start believing that all I got to do is believe or try. Okay. Because then I'll fail for sure. Well, it depends on what believing and trying means to you. When, when he's failing, he's not in righteousness. Why is that hard? He can... Stop failing and then start acting in the right way and act in righteousness. That's okay. It doesn't I'll mean like that. once you. It doesn't mean like the like the you, the whole idea of what the Torah is about. It's it's if you miss the mark, if you sin, if you commit an un, an act of unrighteousness, lock and reload. Try yes. again. Yeah. Try again. Yeah. So when you're not acting in righteousness, you're not acting in righteousness. When you are acting in righteousness, you are. Yeah. That's fine. It's not this. And I I, I agree with what he's saying. It's uh, not this yeah. fuzzy wuzzy thing. It's just do it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And again, in James, faith without works is dead. Yep. So if it's just belief and faith and you're not doing the works and following the commands, yep. you're basically, your righteousness is dead. Yep. I, I agree. That, but I was, and I, I stand corrected, but that's what I was getting up, getting to with the idea of being honest about it with yourself. If you've convinced yourself that you're trying and you're really not, then you're not trying. There's right. no, yeah, that's all I'm really trying to say is I think, and I'm going to get to that more later, but well, we're, I want to sit we're our own worst enemies because we right. can't be honest with ourselves. God knows when we're trying and when we're not. And granted, he wants us to be right on the mark. And you're right. We're not always on the mark. And you just right. keep, get up and keep going. Well, and I want to say something about Abraham. None of us have to sacrifice our kid. The, the reason Abraham believed God was because God told him that through Sarah's seed, you're going to be a great nation. He knew that he, in a way, he knew that God would provide. He told Yitzhak, God is going to provide the lamb. And, and he brought a ram, which is called the leader that was, that was caught in the network by his radiance. And, and he knew, he saw, he saw, it says, on this mountain, Yahweh is seen. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say he wasn't seen. And, and he, he knew, he saw by faith, and it's true, it was a test, but he knew that God wasn't going to take Yitzhak, and that even if he did, I mean, he was able to raise him up. So, so he knew that he was told, it was through Sarah, that your son, he doesn't ask any of us to do that because, <laughs> because he didn't make that promise to us. Do you, well, I'm just saying. No, no, no. What, I understand what you're saying, and it's a very good point. And the answer to your question is, when God reckoned to Abraham righteousness, it was because he believed God in saying that Sarah was going to have a son. But that faith grew then, 
and it was always associated with action. So I don't disagree. He actually bound his son. Okay. Tied him up. He was prepared to do it if he had to. I, I understand we, that. I can speculate on what he thought and what he. Yeah, but you the know, point maybe, I was. I mean, I can speculate and say he was. He knows. He thinks Yahoo was going to bring a helicopter. I mean, but that's not what the text says. No, no, no. I'm but, just saying the point is that there's another scripture that says, "Be ye perfect as I am perfect." Yeah, that's. Mature. I can go on and on. But I, I okay. mean, your point about the point is we're supposed to hear and obey. That's the Shema. That's okay. the whole point. Okay. And if we're if we're gonna, th what I'm hearing is what Christians always say. Oh, well, as long as you. you that's not what I'm heart, saying. I'm, I'm that's just not saying what that's I'm what saying. I'm hearing, though. It, it's just no. said in a different way. The outcome's the same. The outcome of what is being said is the same as what they're saying. It's just being said in a different way. That concerns me. So that's why I'm bringing it up. Okay. Can I give an example? Yep. So I listened to a debate about keeping the Sabbath, right? And the, and the antinomian Christian is saying, you know, I got you. You don't go to Jerusalem on the high holy days. So my answer is, okay, well, maybe I'm not doing it as perfectly as I can, but you are religiously and habitually refusing to keep the Sabbath. It isn't that you're doing it wrong every now and then. You're always doing it wrong. And justifying it. And, yeah, and, and, and ex using me as an excuse who's not going to Jerusalem on Shabbat or on Passover or Sukkot, because I'm not doing it as well as I could, that gives you an excuse to not even to go out of your way not to do it. That does makes no sense to me. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, whatever. The point is, what's the guy's attitude? He's 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 religiously habitually refusing to keep the Sabbath, refusing yeah. to, refusing to honor the di dietary laws. Well, I guess one of the things I this discussion obviously has gotten out of hand the way I usually do things. But the point I wanted to make is that it's really not that hard. You know, you don't have to get 100%, but you have to always be trying. Let me, let me, let me yeah. just try and say what I was trying to, what I'm really trying to get at with that last verse was, don't, be a, don't, don't do the guilt trip on yourself, because you, if you're doing something right, you're doing something right. Yeah. If, if, if I want to... Ray, if I want to ch teach my children and my children's children according to what the Torah says, and somebody from the public school says, well, you got to teach them, to, you got to send them to public schools. No, no, no. I'm doing what the commandment says. I'm acting in righteousness. You can go jump in a lake or whatever. I might be a little more diplomatic about it. Mm -hmm. But the point is, I'm operating with authority. What's your authority? Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have it. You, yours certainly doesn't trump mine when I'm acting in righteousness. Here, here. Okay, that's what I was trying to get at. I, I think you did a good job. Moving right along. Let's see. <laughs> Let's look at chapter 7 for at least five minutes. Would somebody like to read the first, um, oh, I don't know, 11 verses. That's the end of the parashah, the first 11 verses of chapter 7. Okay. When Yahweh Elohecha will bring you to the land to which you came to possess it, and he will thrust away many nations from before you, the Hittite, the Gergesite, Gergesite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, 
Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Yebusite, seven nations greater and mightier than you. And Yahweh Elohecha will deliver them before you, and you will smite them, and you shall utterly destroy them. You shall not seal a covenant with them, nor shall you show them favor. You shall not intermarry with them. You shall not give your daughter to his son, and you shall not take his daughter for your son, for he will cause your child to turn away from after me, and they will worship the gods of others. Then Hashem's wrath will burn against you, and he will destroy you quickly. Rather, so, so shall you do to them. Their altars shall you break apart. Their pillars shall you smash. Their sacred trees shall you cut down, and their carved images shall you burn, burn in fire. For you are a holy people, a set-apart people to Yahweh Elohecha. Yahweh Elohecha has chosen you to be for him a treasured people above all the peoples that are on the face of the earth. Not because you are more numerous than all the peoples did Yahweh desire you and choose you, for you are the fewest of all peoples. Rather, because of Yahweh's love for you and because he observes you, because he observes the oath that he swore to your forefathers, did he take you out with a strong hand and redeem you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. You must know, you must know that Hashem, that Yehovah Elohecha is the God, is the God, the faithful God, who safeguards the covenant and the kindness for those who love him and for those who observe his commandments for a thousand generations. And he repays his enemies in his lifetime to make him perish. He shall not delay for his enemy. In his lifetime he shall repay him. You shall observe the commandment and the decrees and the ordinances that I command you today to perform them. Okay, that's good. Boy, there's a lot of fun that stuff really in there. That is really good. Yeah. Um, first of all, what does he say about driving out the nations? How are they to do it? Totally. They're supposed to annihilate them, destroy them, right? It's Get not rid just of everything. a feeling. It's not just a feeling that we're supposed to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's it. we're supposed to get rid of them. And he says exactly why. He says, if you don't, you'll end up giving, getting their daughters for your sons and your sons or your daughters for their sons, and they'll end up uh, bowing down to these other gods. They'll, they'll schmaw them and not me. Yeah. Right? And then he says, <laughs> it's funny actually, some of this stuff, says, for you are a holy people, a set-apart people as you said, um, set apart by your God. He has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth, his treasured possession. That's Not because you're numerous, because you aren't. Why did he choose us, if you will? Yeah. Well, that's the word cho. I looked up the word, I think it's bachar, mm -hmm. which is like firstborn, I believe. Okay. It's, it's, it's not just, it's chosen to be the, the priest of the nations. It's not 
like I'm picking a basketball team or something, and yeah. I choose you or something. Okay. It, it's because it's for that position. For the, it, the, uh, that's the impression I got. Okay. The, the the, to be chosen to do the priestly things for the, for, to represent the nations. Okay. That, I agree with that. But it, it's not for anything that they did. Well, they agreed. Yeah, but the but somebody else could have agreed. Well, that's true. And that there's the there's a there's a midrash that says he went to the Edomites first, and they said, "Well, what about this stealing? We want it. We still can do stealing, right? No, no, no. Okay, well, we don't want a contract. <laughs> but what about he goes to the Ishmael? What about well, what about murder? Well, you know, we can we like to murder sometimes? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. You can't do that. Okay. So he goes to the to so, Israel. So it was only the Israelites that would agree to all that. You think, huh? Or that's the way the midrash goes. Well, they, they thought Moses would get him a better deal, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but well, the point is, they said they would do it. And when they do it, they're acting in righteousness, and things go well for them. Yeah, that's a good point. I was, I was for whatever reason, I was keying in more on the, uh, the fact that God chose them because he wanted to. It, I mean, he, you can say he chose them because of... Uh, the actions of Abraham, Isaac, why, and Jacob. Why did he chose the Levites to be the priest? Be, because he wanted to. Well, I'm, I think there was some activity because of their involvement with the golden calf. Well, I agree with that. For them. I, I agree with that. But I guess my the point I was going to drive at, and it's something I want to talk about more later anyway, is that you know we always have this feeling that love is some kind of an emotion that we feel or or perhaps generate. And I think it's strictly an act of the will. You just choose to love. And later on, he's going to say to these guys, you guys are a bunch of turkeys, but I chose you. Well, I chose your ancestors, and now I'm stuck with you. (laughs) (laughs) That could be it. But I guess my point is, I think that's a valuable lesson for us, because it goes back to the Shema, or the Hafta, where it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your strength and soul and resources. And that's not a thing that you, that's not a, an emotion that you kind of work at internally. That's an act of your will, and it involves actions on your part. Well, another way is, I chose to give you the ketubah. I chose mm-hmm. you, I'm the lawgiver. I chose to give you the ketubah, the marriage covenant, right? Yep. That's true, but... I have to receive it. I have to say, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I'm on board. Yeah, I, so, I give you that. And I understand what you're saying. It, they did agree. Now, you can argue they had no idea what they were signing up for. Well, they I could have thought they were that. dying, too, because the mountain was hovering <laughs> over their head. But. I remember, yeah, there's a lot of times in my life I looked at that, looked at different things I'd said yes to and thought to myself, boy, I had no idea what I was getting into. I mean, it's so... You can't turn. Yeah. We sure have some interesting discussions, but I guess we'll quit now. Um, are there any final comments you'd like to make or thoughts? You've got to admit, Deuteronomy is an emotional book. You know, and if, if you had to have one book out of the Torah, I'm always torn between Genesis and this one. But anyway... I know they do. That's why it's called Deuteronomy. Yeah. Yeah. So let me close in prayer.
Father God, thank you for the evening. Thank you for our discussion. Thank you for your word. Thank you primarily for your word. Help us to learn more deeply about you, about who you are, about how much you love us, and about how you'd like us to behave. And Father God, use us. Use us in your plans for what's going on in our lives and what's going on in, uh, in your world. And, and just help us to be tools that are used by you. Keep us safe until we meet together in Shabbat. In Yahushua's name, amen. Thank you, thank Jerry. You. Thank you, thank you, thank you.